This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. I'm joined by French. How do you mate? It's been a while. Good to have you back on the show. Yeah, not too bad, Tom. You know, not not too bad. I uh, yeah, I've been smiling all day. Not been getting any work done. How mm. about you? How, how you been feeling today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad. To be fair, it's my day off work, so I've been out and about. Just try. I tried not to get involved. You know, today I really tried not to look online all that much of what was going on. But of course, it's been a pretty hectic day for news dropping. Uh, Jesus, as we know from yesterday, looks pretty much a cert now. Uh, Rafinha is is pushing forwards as well. And Arsenal look to be in the driving seat of, of that deal. They're going back in and are said to be on it, quotes for Lissandra Martinez. So yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's it's not a bad time to be an Arsenal fan in June um, still, to be fair, because the one thing we have come to understand as Arsenal fans is that we don't do business early. But that that's changing a little bit this summer, isn't it? Is this my club, Tom? Is this my <laughs> club? Is this Arsenal? <laughs> like, this is insane. I, I, I honestly, like, I'm just overjoyed. I think a lot of us probably said, yeah, we've cleared out in January. We're going to spend that money in summer but i don't think any of us thought it was going to be like this so quick wait so wait um we've got Mar- obviously marquinhos was the first one mm. we got Vieira over the line they're saying jesus is done and now we're working on rufinia so that's like we're working on number four already and i know part of the reason we're coming here is to talk about our signings but i mean part mm. of the other reason is to laugh at all the clubs of you know a little stuck in the Lack mud you know business. they're yeah not really <laughs> doing too much right now <laughs> um obviously I, I saw someone in the comments saying rory looked like he was gonna cry on stream i mean it's just beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah i titled the show um after rory's quote you know just for the record i don't know rory i've never done any work with rory uh, i'm sure he's a really nice guy i just the video that he did um <laughs> when she's kind of talking uh, about the jesus deal and the fact he's like we need to hijack this we cannot <laughs> allow arsenal to, to get this deal done it's i just i love it i absolutely love it i think it's great um i look forward to seeing 
um, more of this kind of reaction uh, as, as well, which is just fantastic. But yeah, um, there's been a lot of people upset about Arsenal's business. There's just kind of this running theme that people can't kind of configure in their minds that Arsenal are capable of doing this. I know that you just said there, like, is this my club? Like, I can't believe, you know, that we're looking like we might have this successful window at the moment. I say successful, you know, we need to get these deals over the line, of course, and, and we are tempting fate a little bit by talking about it. But I just, <laughs> honestly, I can't quite fathom the reactions. That It's just glorious, isn't it? Where, where? So this that, that was the other one as we saw on, on Twitter today. It was um, Rance's channel. And yeah, like, mm. where are Arsenal getting all this money from, you know? What's <laughs> going on? Uh, what, aren't they breaching FFP? We've got them up in arms. It's amazing. They're, they're just, they're, they're shook. They're terrified. What I like about the Rory one, and I'll say, I, I do enjoy watching Rory from time to time. I think he says some yeah, outrageous yeah. stuff and some spot on stuff, as yeah, everyone does. Yeah. Um, but what I like about him is he, he, he's very honest. He doesn't go with the flow. He'll say something out of the blue. And there, what he's really doing is he's, he's given a lot of credit to us. He's kind of not in saying mm. we could, we should be able to hijack it, which I don't think they can. But at the same time, he, he's respecting the signing, which is great. And and we've got him genuinely, you know, upset and scared. And then Ransom, Ransom, flawless, and the, the United uh, guys were saying, you know, yeah, where's all this money coming from? Is does Rafinha coming in? Are they going to have to put Saka left back? Like what? what are, they, you know, are they selling their players? <laughs> like people are trying to make themselves feel better with all these weird kind of explanations mm. and narratives. Nah, baby, we're just sourcing. We're just. just Let me ask the you the question. Let me ask you the question. Where is all this money coming from, French? I mean, I have my own kind of understanding of the situation, but I'm curious to kind of where your head's at. Where, where is? Why are Arsenal being able to do all this? Yeah, all right. So there's a few things to take into account. First of all, we got money. We're a rich club. We we're not a mm. broke club. We've paid off a lot of our debts. We've obviously got the the full ownership of KSC, which um, came along with yeah, you know, refinancing some of our debt structures and this mm. sort of thing. Um, the other things to take into consideration, I mean, I, I know you pointed out on Twitter that they actually have been backing um, the whichever manager is in charge since they took full ownership. Mm. So them spending a bit of money is maybe not that surprising. Then you factor in January where we knew we've paying players to leave, cutting down that wage bill. I don't know the exact figures, but I remember it was something like 205 yeah. million to like 80 million or something. And, uh, and that's yeah. a lot of money. And then the other side of it is we've always been quite good at structuring deals in terms of the fee. Um, you know, I, I think any, you know, the kind of payment structures that we set up are, are, are such that the initial fee is not really the concern. I think it's been more the wage bill in the past. So I think the fact that we've trimmed that down um, alongside the full ownership and alongside, let's be honest, there is Arteta's doing some, some uh, I think Clive from uh, Arsenal Vision calls it upwards mm. managing. You know, and I think yeah. he's I think he's got the trust of the the ownership. And I think they're saying, right, well, we can we can back this guy so i think we have to give credit to arteta and edu for saying we actually need to spend to keep arsenal relevant and to and to, to make sure that we're going on to that next stage so there's definitely an mm. element of self-interest from the ksc i don't think it's necessarily just you know oh we, we want arsenal to win it's also we need arsenal to win like we, we can't be out of these conversations anymore you know let's well, we could go all the way down the rabbit hole of, of why that's in some way self-serving and not necessarily all altruism but that's not really mm -hmm. the point the point is we're doing stuff right now that 
for me personally, yeah, sure. We're, we're going to spend some money because we didn't spend in January. But it's not just some money. It's who are we targeting? It's the kind of profile of players. This looks intelligent. This makes sense. This is this is clear. Yeah. Like, I know I can see what we're doing. I don't know. How do you feel about the Rafinha one? Because I know some people are saying that's too much money on a position. We've got yeah. Saka there. I think it's necessary. But what do you think? Yeah, look, I, I think it's the type of signing that clubs make when they want to progress forward. You know, I think we're doing business that shows that we want to upgrade certain areas. Lissandra Martinez is, is an example of that. Obviously, Jesus is another. And we've already seen it in previous, uh, you know, windows with, with the Erdegaard signing with Tommy Asu, uh, with Ben White. You know, Ben White in particular, I don't think anyone thought 50 million quid was going to be dropped on a, on a centre-back last season. You know, so we're, we're doing business that people wouldn't necessarily expect us to. The Fabio Vieira deal, I don't think anyone saw, you know, an attacking creative midfielder that's got capabilities of scoring goals mm. too. I don't think anyone thought that. It came out of nowhere, which we love when that happens. Um, so, yeah, what's interesting about it with the Rafinha one is I think that Saka's obviously got the versatility to play on the left-hand side. Uh, you could play him at 10. You could play him left central midfield, some people say. I, I think he would work on the left. I think he's worked there. I remember the goal we scored against Brentford from the left-hand side. Great strike into the side netting. So, yeah, look, I think there's capabilities. What I think people are missing, and I talked with Mike and Owen on the Gooners pod about this, our mutual friends, of course, over there. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already to the Gooners podcast. Um, and Mike obviously did a whole rundown of the numbers of kind of where our wage bill is at and where it's been. And uh, according to his numbers, and of course, take these with, with a pinch of salt, because they are approximates based off of information that's, that you can access online. Spot track are quite good for wages and stuff. But the basically the total annual expenditure in 1920 was 221.8 million. Um, you yeah. fast forward that to, if I try and get the, the, the stats up for here, you fast forward that to 22.23, and it's 163 uh million um you've got a saving of eight of approximately 80 million off of the wages uh, yeah. that we've done the players that are bamiang the players that are Ozil, lacazette being moved on socrates mustafi um you know lowering the wage bill um lowering the age profile kalasanach is a massive one socrates you know we've managed to get all of these players off now and so when people are like where on earth do arsenal have this money from well we have the money because we have We've acted in a way in which we've cut massively the finances and the outgoings or rather the outgoings financially of the club so that we've got this this huge kind of not pit of money, but just wiggle room, if you like. You know, we've got maneuverability in the market, which is something that we wouldn't have had if we'd have kept all these players at the club. And not only that, but we competed last year for fourth place where not many people thought we were going to do that. And we were one so agonizingly close, you know, from finishing fourth all the while doing all of this restructuring, all of this rebuilding. And I get the idea of wanting to win now. We should have been, maybe we should have invested, gone down a different route and tried to get players in then that were going to win. But I think for the benefit of the long-term success of the club, this action that is going on and has been going on since Arteta arrived, to, or maybe slightly after Arteta arrived, that is what we're seeing the benefit of, you know, right now. And I think that's that gives me that encouragement that next season, if we get managed to get this business done that we're trying to, that we're going to, you know, continue to push on. And speaking of pushing on, do you know, do you, for you, is there kind of an expectation for next season? You know, I've said on the channel, for me, it's Champions League qualification. You know, we have to qualify for the Champions League next season, especially if for a successive summer, we're the highest spending club in the league. Absolutely. 100% Champions League qualification will be a minimum for these players. I think with how close we got 
this season with all the problems you mentioned with the first three games of the season basically thrown away for various kind of factors and and you know relying on children in the last third of the season where you know a lot of people got tired a lot of people got injured and and you know we just kind of fizzled out um which a lot of people expected because of you know the fact we didn't reinforce in january i absolutely think top four is going to be the target for sure um i think if we get all of our targets we could probably we should probably aim for top three Mm. and also try and win the europa league because we're in it so uh, and with the players we've got and, and the kind of depth we're adding to the squad I think we should be going for both competitions. So I, I actually would like us to see. Us, I would like to see us win the Europa League. I, I don't. I, I imagine that would be a target because if we're talking about we should be in the Champions League, then we should be in the final or winning the 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 the, the kind of thing below. We shouldn't be scared of any teams in the competition or anyone who's going to drop out of the Champions League. And I don't think we should be if we achieve mm. these targets. And what's the, the interesting thing? And this is just kind of anecdotal. It doesn't really matter now because we we didn't make top four, but. I think the main or one of the main reasons everyone wanted to make us to make top four, obviously we'd love to see the black and gold kit in Champions League. But I yeah. think it was really the idea that we need the money and we mm. need to be able to attract our targets. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna lie, Tom, it looks like we've still got the money and we're still yeah. able to attract our targets, which this, I think this is amazing. Was, this was the next topic I wanted to come on to. Um yeah. kind of the myth of the Champions League if you like mm. and mm. you know after we didn't Speak. qualify for mm. the champions league i hmm, you know like i was very very <laughs> I, like I was very very kind of uh, apprehensive i was very disappointed i was gutted when we didn't get in the champions league uh, and it's a weird one because if i said to you you know if if arsenal qualified and you know we can say we can point this towards spurs as well if spurs qualify are arsenal or spurs going to win the champions league next season and you know, if we're very honest with ourselves, the, the very small likelihood is is no. You know, it's not, it's not, it's probably not going to happen. So, the primary reason to be in that competition is, of course, to win it. The secondary reason to be in that competition, we thought, you know, is to be able to attract players so that you can build up your squad, so you can be in a position and a better position to try and win that, and obviously, you know, push further up the league and try and compete for titles, etc. That's why we want to get into the Champions League as well, because, you know, despite us being linked with these players and having a successful start to the window and a prospective strong end, hopefully, to the window, it is coming off the back of, you know, a season where we thought we weren't necessarily going to be able to do that. Maybe we wouldn't have been able to go and get a second striker this summer than instead of, you know, Jesus and renewing and Ketia. I think that's probably the main difference we might have seen if we'd have qualified for the Champions League. But I, I wrote this piece about the idea around, you know, Spurs and the fact that their kind of victory is, is going to be a little bit possibly short-lived um, <laughs> in the sense. Now, uh, so this was obviously a headline, Spurs Champions League qualification victory over Arsenal appears short-lived should Gunners win win the window. You know, it, it's satirical. Um, let's, let's not I bet be the real. Spurs fans love that. Yeah, and as you can see, uh, for those that have not seen this on my Twitter profile, at Tom Cantor Media, if you want to follow, um, it's got 386 comments and 267 quoted tweets. Uh, and they're all from Spurs fans. You know, 99% <laughs> of them are from Spurs fans. Basically, someone, a big Spurs account's retweeted it. And that classic thing of all the minions have come for me. I just muted the tweet and I got on the rest of my day, to be honest. You know, it's just <laughs> a lot of energy wasted. But it's the, the idea around this piece, and, you know, a lot of criticisms of the article was that, you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you're going to be playing Thursday night football next season and all of this. And the idea of the article was that, my perception of missing out on Champions League football last year 
was all down to the damage it would prospectively do to Arsenal's hopes in in the transfer window. You know, that was my biggest concern about the following season was that all the plan, all the hope we had that we might be able to get in some massive players would be completely dashed because we're just not in, um, in the Champions League. And clearly that's not happened. So the idea around the pieces, despite the fact that Spurs qualified, they've brought in Basuma, you know, who I personally wouldn't have signed whilst the ongoing investigation is there. They're being linked to Jed Spence, although that's gone quite quiet. And actually that's apparently not, may not even be happening either now. Um, Perisic, which is a very Antonio Conte signing, of course. Uh, and now they're being linked with Richarlison uh, at Everton as well. Now, don't get me wrong, French, you know, with respect to these players, if Arsenal would qualify for the Champions League and our window was, you know, a player of Jed Spence's his level, Richarlison's level as a forward, um, I would have been losing my head if we'd have gone, kind of gone down that route. And I think this is what's got to the Spurs fans is they're seeing oh, Arsenal having missed out on Champions League. And, you know, we're, we're looking like we're getting a Manchester City starting striker. Rafinha, a player that is a Premier League experienced, top quality <laughs> winger. And Sandra Martinez, Man United seeming at the moment can't get a look in in terms of competing with us for that one. Arsenal were leading the race there. We snatch a player in Fabio Vieira who Spurs have been tracking for quite some time. Um, I think I saw a great tweet from LT Arsenal who said, thanks to all the Spurs fans who produced some breakdown videos on Fabio Vieira for us, which is great. Um, And it's, do you get what I'm, where I'm coming from with this idea that the Champions League is obviously you want to try and win it, but the secondary option to that is obviously what it brings you. But Arsenal are still showing their clout and their stature over Spurs, despite not having that competition. Absolutely. It's 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 amazing. And I, I do love it. And I do see online, I've been rattling Spurs fans all day. Um, Spurs, United and City fans have just been holding it on my timeline. And and Spurs, Spurs fans, there's a lot of them just, yeah, kind of deluded themselves. That a lot of people have this narrative that Spurs can offer more than Arsenal. And like, it just clearly isn't the case. You know, it just, just apparent by um, their ability to get their targets and, and our ability to, well, again, we haven't secured everything yet, so I don't want to speak too soon, but it definitely looks like our, at least in pole position and currently securing and taking off the boxes. And as you say, that Jed Spence link has gone gold. And if they're getting turned down by lower league players, I don't know, that championship, that that, that Champions League is just not, well, championship, yeah, is not mm. as uh, as attractive as, as they seem to think. And um yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. And I think, and this is where I want to give a quick shout out to, um, I say shout out like he gives a shit, but like I want to <laughs> big up Edu. Um, you know what I mean? I want to big oh, up. Oh yeah, because... that guy that's a regular subscriber to the channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, no. uh, give, give him a follow on, on Twitter, Edu. You know, you could, big Jassy, big French is talking on him. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, so. Um, I, and I, I posted, I reposted something I'd written at the start of last season um, about Edu kind of deserving some some credit and some flowers for an interview he'd done after we'd lost three games of the the first three games of the season. We had the international break and he came out basically saying, just wait, watch the team. It's a young team. It will develop, blah, blah, blah. And what I liked about it is he kind of came out and owned the strategy. Um, and I said, fair play, because then we went on to win the next three games. We integrated Tomiyasu, Ramsdale, Soro Odegaard, and and all of a sudden we started loving these new additions, and the summer looked quite good. Mm-hmm. And so this time around, 
it's a step up, obviously. We're not shopping in that same kind of level of play uh, for the most part. Um, I mean, Lissandro Martinez, I actually do not want to let him go. Rafinha yeah. is a highly coveted player, of course. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, don't need to talk about his pedigree. We know what he's done and what, what he's capable of doing. Um, what do you make of the people downplaying Jesus? Because he's getting, I'm seeing a lot of people trying to really, and even within the Arsenal community, downplaying yeah. Who Jesus is? Watch, watch Rory's video, mate. He's not downplaying it. <laughs> he's upset no, he's about not. it. Like, no, he's it's, not. It's, so obviously, there's 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 some myths around his kind of output, his productivity, and when you look at his uh, numbers by starts versus by substitute appearances, you could maybe make a case to say he's not the best substitute in the world. But if you start mm. him as a centre forward, right or left winger, he will score a lot of goals and he will create a lot of chances. Uh, he's a fantastic striker. His pedigree is is it speaks for itself. Obviously, he's been at City. Um, four times uh, Premier League winner. And and as I say, if you look at his numbers by starts, it's something like 76 goal involvements in 99 starts. I mean, it's it's an insane output. Um, even before that, you know, in in, the, in Brazilian football, he was he was a top prospect. He was being looked up by Barcelona, Madrid um, and City. And I think one other team maybe. And he went to City because he wanted to work with Pep. Um, which I think, and he actually took less money than he would have taken at one of these other clubs. So I think that mm. kind of speaks a lot to his character and and to his will to want to work harder and become a better player. And I think you're seeing a similar thing possibly with Arteta here, where Chelsea maybe could offer him some more money, Spurs can offer him Champions League football, but he want. I think there's an Arteta link. There's a, a will to, to a want to work with um, a manager he already knows, a coach he already knows. Um, but there's also, I think, something else is where I think some credit has to go again to Edu. Um, something about the kind of Brazilian link-up that we're starting to, to build here. You know, the Samba boys. We've got Brexit FC and Samba FC, and it's just linking up. Brexit thing. FC. Um, <laughs> I love, I just love to see it. Now, there's someone made a really good point. I can't remember who it was, but I, it probably was Clive, to be honest. I'm almost taking mm. his ideas. Um, and <laughs> it was about the, the idea that there's an upcoming World Cup, right? And, um, yeah. and we've seen Gabriel Martinelli. Come from oh, I said this this morning on the show. Are you, you talking oh, really? about? Yeah, <laughs> I probably, I'm probably stealing that too, then, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying yeah, it again, yeah. and I'm clicking there. But yeah, he, th so he's gone from yeah fourth division football to breaking into the Brazil national team. Gabriel in the Brazil national team. Not only is there a strong link up between Tite and, and Edu, but also there's there's clearly kind of like um, it's clear that coming to Arsenal for a young Brazilian player might be a way into the national team. And he's not getting those starts at Man City. We'll make him a focal point here. And also mm. there's that element of existing chemistry. You know, Rafinha, Jesus, Martinelli and Gabriel all playing on the same team is great for the Brazil national team as well. So this whole kind of synergy between Brazil and Arsenal at the moment and the young mm. players coming from there is, is quite incredible. And I, again, massive props for the, the transfer strategy. Big up Edu. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's a good guy. Let's jump into the chat box and take uh, some of the questions. Uh, we've only got five or so minutes left that we're going to go for. There's over 900 of you tuning in. Make sure if you aren't following French on Twitter to do so. He's a very, very funny man, as you can already tell. Uh, doing some great stuff comedy-wise. Have you got some gigs coming up, mate, soon? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Bristol, we've got a gig at Cozy's on the 28th of um, this month. So on Tuesday, that's my gig. We're running uh, a night oh, there brilliant. now, um, which is great. Head and um, Residency. Or yeah, that... man. Sorry? Was that a residency? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's our, yeah, it's our night. So I'm I'm either going to be performing there or MC in there every month. But uh, the end nice. of every month is in St. Paul's. Um, so yeah, nice Bristol institution. Um, and yeah, I've got a, a few other gigs coming up. Um, two, two tomorrow. It's, it's yeah, it's definitely a busy time. But if you're around Bristol, come to, to 
Cozy's on the 28th. That's the place to be. Lovely stuff. You heard it from French there. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at FrenchGooner23. He will give you all the info if you want to go and check out that stuff. Let's read some of the comments. Uh, Fedsum uh, says, hi, Tom. Nice to have met you at the Food Festival today. Paul, thank you for coming over. Um, obviously, you should have seen French the look on the missus face when Paul comes over. He's like, are you Tom? But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Honestly, the look nice. she was like, I'm dying. I'm dying here. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, brilliant. man. Tom's famous, um, man, bro. Come on. <laughs> I love what we're doing. This window, Paul says, getting quality and getting depth. I think we can compete for the Europa and go for the top four this season. Joseph says, window is looking great. The quality of players we're bringing in is fantastic. Our squad should be much better and our bench is going to look so much better compared to last season. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for the super chat, mate. Really appreciate the continued support on the channel. I know uh, I know you're, you're committing a lot and it really does mean a lot to me. Uh, TC, not a question, uh, just showing some love for the channel. Keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you so much, Craig. And hopefully your scarf that he sent in the post is, is going to come through very soon over from Fort Lauderdale. So thank you so much, mate. Uh, Van City Gunas says, this is why we didn't buy in January. The players we wanted weren't available and we had to wait. This is why the toxic fans crying doesn't make any sense. I still have my issues with January. I can't, you know, wipe away the opportunity that I think that we missed. But I do think there is something to be said about, you know, not panic buying as we have done. I still think there are opportunities that we missed in January that could have helped us. Bruno Gimaraes is the obvious one for me. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I think that not panicking is, is something that will help us out in this window despite what we missed last season. Uh, Sko says, how are the folk that shrieked our summer is dead because we don't have Champions League feeling in the back seats? How is that Conte pool looking now? Uh, Paul says, credit where credit is due as a club. We're finally starting to make moves and being aggressive in the market. And if he says Gabriel Jesus is a quality signing, not sure why people will complain about it. I think it's because there's two reasons. One, they're not an Arsenal fan. So the rival fans are coming out trying to make themselves feel better or as as this show is based upon do go watch Rory Jennings video on Gabriel Jesus and why Chelsea should be hijacking it and secondly they're just not big fans of what the project is right now and any way to kind of criticize it it's probably linked in some way to that um we've seen it a number of times with other things um and we're probably that's why I think Ben White gets a lot of stick unduly uh a lot of times because of course he was brought in under this regime uh let's take a couple of questions before we wrap up though uh, Vinny says Martinez or Tillemans if their purpose is to play central midfield. You know, Martinez French, we're looking at as a player that can come in and play left center back, potentially left back, and has played a lot of defensive midfield. I said a lot, you know, a reasonable amount both for club and country at defensive midfield. So, of the two, who do you lean towards? I, I, I want Martinez more because of his versatility. I think Tillemans is brilliant, though. Uh, uh, yeah, Martinez is a priority over Tillemans. If their purpose is play centre midfielder, is an interesting caveat to that, but I, he can play left back a lot, and I, I imagine he would slot there at times. And yeah, so I go Martinez. I absolutely agree. Uh, let's go to Aditya says, Tom, how do you think our defence would be if we're having Ben, Gabby, Saliba, and Ad Martinez? It's in just, it's an insane defence to play against. Um, obviously, I think there's a question mark on defensive ability of, of obviously all four because they're progressive centre backs. Um, they're comfortable playing out from the back. I think that Gabriel is obviously the strongest defensively of of, of them, followed closely uh, by White. Martinez is, is as well very good defensively too. I think he would add a lot. The height will obviously be a question for a lot of people, but from watching a little clips of him, from hearing back from Ajax experts, he's a beast in the air, despite not the being butcher. the tallest. 
Mm, yeah. butcher indeed. You don't get that nickname by being a bad defender, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, Saliba, I'm ex- I mean, yeah, I haven't really got your thoughts as your French background on Saliba, mate, at all. So tell me how you're feeling about that. I'm super happy. Um, I Obviously, as it's my first language, I, I kind of was able to understand a lot of the nuance, I think, in the interviews he was doing where yeah. he was lamenting his lack of opportunity it was never it was clearly never directed towards anyone um or towards the club rather just a frustration that as a young player he wants to play and, and wasn't able to um and so for me i was always happy i was always hoping this was possible for him to come back 25 30 million marseille are talking about they can get in the bin um you know this it's got to be at least 50 60 for the pfa young player of the year for for, for france or whatever um so yeah, for me, uh, I'm really happy to see him come back. I think him, we forgot Tommy Yasu in that little defence sentence, by the way. Um, mm, he's obviously course. a wall at the right back. And I think White can cover at right back if Tommy gets injured. Saliba slots into White's position. It's all very nice. I like the look of it. Our good friend Raf in jumping into the chat box, my guys. I think we need to add both, to be honest. I'm not convinced with our midfielders currently reconstructed. Tillemans would be a great addition. Look, I think that Arsenal hopefully will get done, as we know, Jesus. Martinez and Rafinha are the next two we're prioritising. Central midfield, I think, is something that we will potentially see later on in the window if we're able to move out players for a significant amount of money to kind of, you know, recoup some capital to reinvest. Um, There's over a thousand of you tuning in. Thank you so much for the continued support on the channel. Do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We are going to wrap things up there. We've both got very busy evenings that we're going to get back to. Um, But thank you for listening. French, always a pleasure. So great to see you again. And I'm sure we'll have you back on very soon. Uh, It's been great, yeah. (laughs) Tell me where I can find you and uh, what you're going to be up to. Yeah, no, um, well, at French Guna 23 on, on Instagram, that's where I'm rattling rival fans and, um, yeah, just loving lot what I'm seeing. It's not even the end of June yet. It's not even the end no. of June and we're doing mad stuff. Um, yeah, and, yeah, just give me a follow there um, on Instagram at jassyjasi.bristol and, yeah, obviously subscribe to the Guna Talk. Mm, absolutely. Oh, I don't know what's happened there. Jesus Christ. I'm <laughs> just, trying, just trying to type something <laughs> in the chat box. And everything's changing. Um, thank you so much, everyone that's tuned in. I uh, really appreciate your support on the channel. As always, I'll be back uh, not tomorrow at 8am because I'm doing a 7-3 shift. Uh, and it is the usual Sunday. Try and take the Sundays off for the 8am shows. But uh, we will be back in the afternoon and in the evening. There's a members podcast at 8pm tomorrow. Uh, six of our members from the Discord server are coming in in two 30-minute slots, three each. So I'm looking forward to getting their thoughts and feelings around the window. I hope you've enjoyed this kind of reactionary show to some of kind of the trending chaos uh, on the social side of fandom. If you have, do let us know in the comment section and with a like uh, as well. It really does help the channel. We'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.